Hi there, my name's Adam Parr. I'm the podcast host, the Parr City Podcast. In this podcast, you'll be listening to me connect with people from different walks of life, from the military to people in the music industry to people in the self-help industry and many other areas of life. In this podcast, I'll be talking about topics from self-help, mental health, motivation, spirituality, mindset, society, current affairs, and much, much more. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, share, and let me know your feedback. My main intention on this podcast is to have a positive impact. For you, the the listener, to take something positive from it, to apply something positive into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Tuning in, trying to find out how to win. Go along and tell a friend. Marathon, you know the game. Keep on running, never end. Getting better, make a man. Adam got it. Adam got it. Adam got it. Adam got it. Positivity. Hi, and welcome to the Positivity Podcast. In today's episode, I'm with John O'Grady. He's the owner of John O'Grady Leadership Consulting. He's an, he's an executive coach that specializes in helping teams of people from executives, athlete leaders and businesses to develop and be the best of their ability. He's a team dynamic expert, development consultant, motivational speaker. John O'Grady helps high potential, high performing clients to grow themselves and their businesses. He's a former US Army colonel with a distinguished combat career. In John's command was awarded the Presidential Unit Citation Award. This is the highest award that's given to a unit for heroism in the face of an armed enemy. It's been a real pleasure to have John on the podcast and we touch base on some deep topics. So I hope you enjoy this podcast and um, check out John's profile and his website. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hi, John. You all right? Yes. Can you hear me, Adam? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Can you hear me? Yep. Perfect. Oh, great, great. Just want to say, um, you know, really, really humbled and grateful to have you on the podcast. Really means a lot. No, likewise, uh, right back at you. I really love, uh, you know, the podcast and, and what you're doing and, and really the, just the energy behind it. So, yeah, thanks to you as well. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I just I just wanted to start off um, by, you know, talking about what you do and, um, sure. you know, what, what, what got you into it. Okay, absolutely. Because... Hey, um, you want me to go ahead and just start answering that now, or? Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, is that is that okay? Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, let's have at it, man. Good. Um, yeah, yeah. 
Yes, yeah, so ready to jump in. So uh, what I do right now uh, is uh, leadership uh, coaching, um, essentially, mm. and, and advising. I do some training as well. Um, and again, it's, it's in the leadership, character, culture, team dynamics. I, yeah. I work predominantly with uh, athletic coaches and, and their teams, as well as executives and executive teams. Um, mm. And so, you know, uh, started my own LLC, O'Grady Leadership Consulting Services, and just getting after it. Nice. And that's like like coaching um, businesses and uh, teams of people to, like, progress and um, be yeah. the best version of themselves, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The way I, the way I like to think about it is, uh, you know, if your listeners, listeners out there are familiar with the concept of, you know, the Sherpa, uh, it's, you know, those people who help mountain climbers, uh, you know, get to the peak and get to where they're ultimately trying to go. And I consider myself a little bit in that regard. Um, ultimately, it's those people who I'm working with are, are on their journey. Uh, and I'm just I'm just like a Sherpa to them. I'm, I'm helping them get to where they want to go. Yeah, that's a really, you know, great thing that you're, you know, you're doing. And that's what it's about, isn't it? Like, you know, being a role model for somebody almost and, you know, trying to get the best out of them. You bet. Yeah. You know, I mean, Lord knows the world, uh, you know, is, is in desperate need of, of leadership. Mm. Uh, that's not to suggest that there isn't any leadership out there and that there isn't good leadership, but, uh, you know, I really believe, uh, you know, there, you can never have enough of it. And so if I could play some small part in sharing my experiences and, and helping uh, other people become values-based leaders uh, who, are, who are affecting positive change in other people's lives, then, you know, that's what fires me up. Uh, that's what gets me up every morning. Um, mm. and, and that's what allows me to continue to be a servant leader in some ways. Mm. No, it's really, really nice to hear. And um, it's, it's quite you know, a ripple effect, isn't it? You know, like, you know, you make someone else's life better, they improve, and then, you know, they can then help other people and, you know, it helps, you know, for yourself as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, are, are you familiar with the movie, It's a Wonderful Life? Yes. Yeah, and so there's a part in there where Clarence is uh, speaking to uh, George Bailey, you know, in a reflective way, and he's like, you know, you know, you see, George, you know, each person, each man's life has has an incredible impact, uh, the opportunity to have a credible impact on another human being's life. And, you know, when, when that life isn't there, there's this huge hole. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just want to dive in and fill that space uh, for as long as the good Lord's going to let me. Um, and, and it's just one of those, uh, you know, first off, I love the movie, but the, that, that quote uh, as well from the movie really um, is a little bit of, of what I'm about. Mm -hmm. I, I completely agree. And I think like, you know, with what you're doing is amazing. And, uh, you know, you, by having an impact in someone else's life, you know, sometimes we don't really realize how much of an impact we do have on people. Um, right. you know, even like, you know, asking someone if they're okay, you know, kind of making a difference to their day, isn't it? And, you know, like I said, being a role model and coaching them. Yeah, you, you bet. And, you know, uh, you know, one of the things that um, I try to be better about, um, and I think, you know, as I, as, I, as I reflect back on just all my experiences, I've had a lot of people, you know, a year, years later, 
come back and be like, you know, say something nice, you know, uh, an email or something and be like, you know, because I, 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 for your listeners out there, I spent 30 years in the Army um, as well. And, um, you know, commanding in different organizations and, and bringing people to combat and bringing them back from combat. And, you know, when every now and again, I'll get this email from somebody, you know, down a couple of years later. And uh, it really struck me that why, you know, I, I don't know why we just don't um, say those things presently in the moment. Maybe it's because we don't uh, realize the impact until we've had a little time to reflect ourselves. But I try to be a lot more aware. And when I feel like somebody's having a positive impact on me, uh, I take the opportunity to tell them that, you know, n- not unlike I did even with you at the very beginning of this, thanking you for the things you do in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think if we would all get a little bit better at that, uh, it would start to also elicit um, more positive behavior uh, as well. So somewhat of a virtuous cycle could be created, perhaps. Yeah, no, I, I, I really thank you for, um, you know, coming forward and uh, sending, me, sending me the uh, the message really means a lot. I'm very grateful. And, um, you know, like you said, that a lot of people, like you said, will not say things in the moment and it will be, over, you know, in time, they'll like send an email or a message. And um, it's nice that people do that. But I think, like you said, people can probably be taken away from the moment or fearful or you know experiencing certain emotions so they don't speak out um how they actually feel and um yeah like you know i i looked at your profile and you said you was in the military for for some time and um yep. i saw that you got um you, you've done quite a lot of different things um you was a colonel right colonel that's correct yeah and um you got the president presidential unit citation i mean up I mean, that's, my, that's one of the biggest, highest awards to receive, right? Yeah, and just to be clear, I, I personally did not receive that. The mm. unit that the, I was the, commanding the, yeah. uh, in Afghanistan uh, received that award. Um, and that's one of the ones that I really uh, cherish the most. Um, and, and it means the most to me because it, it, it was this organiz- recognition of the entire organization and all the great people uh, in that organization during that 12 month period um, mm. in combat in Afghanistan. Mm. And you're all as, you know, you're all as one unit on you're all one team kind of like, you know, together. It's like, you know, a family. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that doesn't happen by accident though. Um, no. You know, that's, you know, but, but yeah, we, we really were. And um, again, I attribute that a lot um, more so to the great people inside the organization. Mm. Um, and I like to think that I had a part in it as the leader of that organization to some, yeah. to, to some extent. Um, but I was blessed with a, a lot of other really good leaders inside that organization. Mm. Would you say like your kind of uh, career in the military's um, kind of, had an effect in a positive way from like what you're doing, what, you know, what you do, you know, like coaching people. Is- oh, sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, you know, um, essentially from the time I grad, well, really even before I graduated West Point, um, you know, my time as an athlete, I was a division one athlete. And so uh, sports and being part of a team were always a huge part of my life. And then, you know, I graduate West Point and then I really spent the next, you know, 30 years of my life, um, 
training for how best to lead people and organizations through, you know, crisis, chaos, ambiguity, complexity, right? All these things over a, a large distributed um, space. Mm. And and then I had the opportunity, fortunate or, or unfortunate, depending how you look at it, <laughs> um, to actually apply that training um, in real life combat situations. And mm. so, you know, even even when we were in Afghanistan, you know, I had a 500 person organization, men and women. Um, we were in a in an area we were responsible for an area in northern Afghanistan about the size of roughly 8000 square miles which for your listeners, if they're familiar with the tiny state of Rhode Island in the United States, mm. that, that state is about 4,000 uh, to 4,000 and 4.5,000 square kilometers, right? Oh, my so, gosh. Yeah, just to give you, you know, some perspective. And, and we, we, we broke that team up into about five 100-person elements and, and placed them in what we thought were some strategic locations to have – the greatest effect, but you know, that's commanding over this incredibly distributed um, battle space. So, mm. uh, I, you know, there's a tons of lessons from, from all of what I just offered, you know, to you and your listeners mm. um, that I can now apply and share with people so that they can multiply their own experiences without having to experience the things maybe necessarily that I did. Um, and many of those are, are my mistakes, you know, I mean, we, we learn the most from our mistakes. And so I share those with folks too. Hmm. No, that's amazing. Like, you know, to, you know, be um, a part of, you know, what you was a part of and, you know, to be amongst all those people, you know, all together, you know, working, you know, to the objective. And um, I bet like as well, you know, for yourself to be in that position that, you know, is going to throw you out, out your comfort zone, isn't it? Uh, oh yeah. A hundred percent, you know, which is, um, you know, one of, which was one of my principles as we were um, training up for that deployment. Um, well, there was a couple of foundational things. One was, Hey, we need to be comfortable being uncomfortable that was the first one because that's that's really where the greatest growth occurs mm. um and then the other one was we we shifted from uh in terms of human capacity right what um we shifted from being exclusively capability focused and we we shifted more to capacity focused and, and what I mean by that is, if you think about it, when we when we try to build the capabilities of our people, it's it's about it's always about all the things that have occurred in the past. Mm. You know, well, X and Y occurred, and therefore we need to make sure that our people can handle X and Y, and so we will train them on X and Y and how to respond. That's all rearward looking. Forward looking is unknown. I mean, now, unless any of your listeners out there think they've got that figured out, and if they do, please share with Adam and myself the next lotto ticket winning, um, you know, number so that, you know, we can all benefit. Um, yeah. But, the, you know, the future is largely unknown. It is actually completely unknown. And what you do when you focus on capacity is giving the people the resources to 
navigate through the unknown, right? Mm -hmm. And it's more about being forward and future looking and preparing your leaders for the future instead of just solely capability focused, which is preparing them for all the things that have occurred in the past. And that fundamental shift really, I think, allowed us to best adapt to the myriad of unknowns that we encountered when we were in Afghanistan for that year. So great question. Uh, insightful mm. one. Thanks. Mm. No, no, you, you're very welcome. Um, yeah, I, I think, like you said, um, with the unknown, like being trained to, you know, like you said, be to, to adapt and more efficient and effective way because like you said you could be trained you could be trained you know all the things from the past and um the things to expect but if you you know you could have all that training and if you go into situations where um it's the unknown and any, anything could happen right. i suppose you have to react a certain way um right. it's like i don't know if, if you was in a because i mean i've seen documentaries um you know, with what happened in Afghanistan and uh, footage on uh, YouTube, or, you know, head cam footage. And um, a lot of the terrain, you know, was like pretty rough, you know, from what it looked like. Oh, oh yeah. And in, these in, these, in these valleys and, uh, that would go on for miles and mountains. So I suppose if you're in a situation like that, you know, you have to, you're, you're in the unknown because anything could happen from any direction. Like, um, what, what, like, what would you say that, how, how's the best way to be prepared? Would you say to, you know, be, um, well-equipped and, you know, working as a team and things like that? Yeah. So, um, there's a couple of foundational principles, I think, uh, that we, that we applied. Uh, the, the first one is actually discipline and, and, and discipline, I think is often thought about the wrong way. Really what discipline is, uh, discipline is actually incredibly freeing um, because when everybody is disciplined and everybody around you is disciplined, you have a very healthy understanding of, of how they are going to act and respond uh, regardless of various types of situations. And so now you don't have to worry about, well, what's Billy doing to my left and what's Susan doing to my right and what's my boss going to do? you kind of have a, a common understanding through the discipline, mm. which then becomes incredibly freeing to see creative opportunity. Um, I think lots of times people think of discipline as suffocating. It's actually the, the, the opposite, the antithesis of that. So that, that would be the first thing. The mm. second thing is actually um, we do a lot of, um, you know, mindfulness uh, work and awareness. And so, yeah. Um, you know, uh, just being able to take a, a, a brief second to just stop and take in what is occurring around you and then process that. And, and literally that comes from br breath, breathing, right? You, 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 when you take that mm -hmm. breath, just like that, that automatically brings you right into the present. You know, you, mm. you can't breathe in the past and you can't breathe in the future. You breathe in the present moment. And then, and then that breath is gone and, and you take the next breath. Right. So that is, that, that really allows you to kind of just focus in on the present moment and then make, make decisions based off of what you're processing around you. 
hopefully that, that's just some of the techniques we use. Mm. No, it's um, it's it's definitely something that you know can be used in uh, you know, civilian live concert as well. Oh, you know, absolutely. Like with, with work and um, fitness and um, especially you know with what's happening now, I think you know that's a great exercise that people can use, isn't it? You know, just to reground themselves in the present moment because uh, I think people's you know, mental health at the minute is something that needs attention, isn't it? Like, because we're, we're in the unknown right now. Um, and, you know, to reground people, that's probably, you know, an effective way of, you know, being mindful. You, you bet. Yeah, mindfulness is, is definitely one of them. And, you know, by no means am I a, a psychologist. Um, and so I just want to be clear about that. But um, having having um, been taught a lot of these principles while in the military, having mm. um, practiced them because it is a practice and like anything else, you, you get better doing it and then mm. actually applying it in some pretty high uh, pressure, um, ambiguity and, and ambiguous yeah. uh, chaotic mm. situations mm. and knowing the clarity that it gave me, even in those moments, um, you know, absolutely, they can be applied, you know, in this situation as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huge. You, you, I mean, really, um, you know, if, if you're looking to up your game, I would offer people, your listeners out there to, you know, explore things like mindfulness, um, you know, and then just even um, come up with two or three just routines or, or rituals that you will do every single day because those also just give you clarity and focus um, and a sense of calm when everything else around you is swirling. And that could be anything from, you know, reading a religious passage. Um, I I have a particular book that I read. It's got a daily passage every day. um, That's, Mm. that's religious, but I also have another one that, that is um, not, and it's the, the daily stoic by Ryan holiday. I get no, no, um, no commissions, no royalties. So that's not a plug. It's just something that I read. And it's a one-page passage. It's uh, mm. you know, from from uh, Stoic, uh, you know, the, the great Stoics of uh, ancient mm. Greece at all times. So yeah, yeah. No, I I completely agree, and I think it's so important to have that routine, isn't it? And to you know focus on those things that you can control, and you bet something that you know, keeps you active, you know, keeps your mind active and um, to really, you know, feed yourself uh, goodness. And- Absolutely, Adam. Absolutely. You know, um, you know, another, another one is, uh, you know, people talk about the, you know, gratitude um, uh, exercises as well. Uh, you know, I do that too. And it, it's more than just, you know, journaling or thinking or taking a quiet moment to think about what you were grateful for. I would, I, would, um, I would offer to your listeners to just take that one step further, and it's not only what you're grateful for, but then just be, be willing to experience how that makes you feel as well. That, and a lot of people, I think, miss that step, and because they miss that step, they, they stop doing these gratitude you know, exercises. Um, so that would just be you know, something else I would offer out there. Yeah, to your, to your yeah. yeah, no, I um, 
I think I think you know being grateful is a is a massive uh, you know positive thing that we should you know should do. And I think you know I, I've I've practiced it a few times, and you know it has made you know a difference to my my day. Like if I if I go for a run, you know I, I think to myself, you know I'm grateful of what's around me, my surroundings, and like you said, I think it kind of makes you present and um, makes you feel better kind of realigns your focus a little bit. Right. You know, and again, I mean, you know, if you're an executive out there and you're, you're struggling with, you know, all the feelings that are completely natural, you know, with the pressures of being a leader, um, you know, you're, you you know, you're, you're, you may be experiencing some confusion, some anxiety, um, et cetera. Uh, You know, Mm. those things are just from a strictly financial standpoint, right. For the solvency of your organization, are not good. So hmm. why not go ahead and apply some of these things that are going to allow you, give you some clarity and give you some focus and be able to mitigate some of those things that actually do enhance the solvency of your organization. So there's a direct financial benefit here too, above and beyond the, the mental and just overall health well-being part of it. Hmm. Um which is mm. sometimes I think things that, you know, a lot of these executives, especially who are rightfully bottom line focused, they sometimes miss that, um, you know, but the ones who practice it and who have worked with me um, in, in, on other things um, do see the benefit. <laughs> That's for sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Would you, would you say like this current situation at the minute, um, people have like, you know, needed like your services, quite a lot through what's happening to, you know, be reassured that, you know, that businesses are going to be okay and they're okay because there's a lot of businesses that, you know, are being affected by what's happening and people. Yeah. And so, so here's, um, you know, that's a great question, Adam. And uh, first off, I would, I, I believe in what I do. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not partial when I'm answering this question, obviously. Um, and so absolutely, yeah. um, I know people can benefit uh, from my services. And, you know, people can go look at the testimonials and other things that I've got. I mean, that's people can do their own research on that. But, um, you know, what I would what I would offer is, um, it, you know, in, in this in this moment, especially it's a great opportunity, you know, for growth, because lots of times w- when we're comfortable, it's actually those are the things that actually um, hold us back. And in these moments, it's an incredible opportunity for some great growth that people can have. Uh, you know, the people who have reached out to me have, have found found it beneficial. Uh, in, in a weird way, I, I actually find myself, as, as this thing was, I actually found myself, I think, relative to other people, feeling like I was more in my comfort zone in an odd mm. way. Um, and then, you know, the need to understand or need to, but what I try is, um, you know, there's a paradox here in this situation as a leader called the mm. Stockdale paradox, I believe. Um, and it's uh, from uh, Admiral Stockdale, who was a prisoner of war in, in Vietnam. Um, anyway, it's this paradox between, you know, the having faith as a leader and transmitting that faith to your people that, hey, you know, things are going to work out, you know, and it's going to be okay with the 
realities, though, of, okay, hey, you know, what do we need to do? So that paradox of, of faith and then an acknowledgement of the reality um, and the leaders who handle that paradox and navigate that paradox the best are the ones who are going to be better positioned when, when, when we come out the backside of this thing. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think like you must have experienced, you know, you must have experienced that, you know, in the military as well, as well. You've got to, you know, guide your team, you know, to, to reassure them, everything, you know, things are going to be okay. Yeah. And like, you know, times of uncertainty. Yeah, you bet. And, you bet. Or, or just yeah, when bad you're... things happen, you know, we, you know, when we lose, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not, this is anything I'm proud of. Um, we lost mm. soldiers under my command um, while we were, mm. um, you know, but I also had to have, you know, and communicate and articulate the, the, the realities of what we were in. Um, as well as a, a faith in going forward that we still have agency over, you know, what's in the future, right? And that, yeah, and that's just something, something again, that the leaders who can navigate that the best, and I help, I help, that's one of the things I do is help executives navigate through that for their particular context and situation, um, they're the ones who, who ultimately end up doing better, and, and you know they they win their presidential unit citation award, right? You know whatever that is in, in their in their yeah. place, whether that's returns or you know whatever. Um, so yeah, no, no, I think you know that's exactly it, isn't it? And I think you know if you know as leaders take you know responsibility, don't they? You have to take responsibility for your actions and um, what you're doing. And I think, um, you know, with, with the current situation, there's a lot of leaders out there who, you know, some of them aren't. And um, they kind of don't take responsibility. Like, I, I kind of, I'm not going to go too much into it, but, um, you know, like kind of the government in, in the UK with what's happening, there's almost kind of not responsibility for some of the bad things that have happened. And I think people want to know you know what's happening with that yeah would you say like as a as a leader you need to take responsibility and that's quite important um so can you say that one more time i'm uh, sorry um would, would you say like you know as a leader you know not just in the government but you know in, in the military you have to take responsibility you know and that's quite an important thing. oh yeah ab absolutely you know it's the old you know, the buck stops here eventually. Um, and again, if you want to create that high performing organization, uh, you as a leader absolutely need to take responsibility. Now, that doesn't mean you can't and you shouldn't hold people who are in the organization accountable. Um, you, you know, it's mm. a key part of your responsibility as a leader, right? Um, so um, the, this notion mm. of responsibility is a very important one. One that often people, um, I think they use those words interchangeably and they don't really understand me. Just going responsibility, what's accountability, how organization um, has huge benefits uh, for leaders as well as those they lead.
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, this is a, a, a great time for growth. Um, one of my favorite um, uh, quotes, Ralph Waldo, and uh, he says, what lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. Right, and that's, mm. that's pretty cool. Also, speaking with my uh, good friend Freddie Ravel, uh, Freddie is an incredibly talented human being and an unbelievably heart-centered human being. Um, but he, he's an incredibly accomplished musician as well, and he's worked with the likes of Yo-Yo Ma, uh, Carlos Santana, um, and a whole host of Fire, etc. Now, a lot of your younger listeners probably have no idea who those two folks were um but but one of the things freddie said to me was when he was working with yo-yo ma and it kind of came to him they were collaborating and um what he realized in that moment he, he started thinking to himself he's like you know it's it's not so much the notes that matter but the space but the space mm. between the notes are, are more important than the notes themselves and so I offer the I, I offer these two kind of ideas to you. The Emerson quote, you know, and us what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. And then the Freddie Ravel piece of the space between the notes is actually more important because what I would offer to your leader, your your, your listeners out there is there was a start point of this current situation we're in. And there will be an end point, right? Those maybe mm-hmm. are the two notes. Use this as the space between the notes. Right? right? Use yes. it as Emerson says of what's behind us and what's before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. And if you take those two notions and kind of mash them together, man, it's, this is a this is incredibly unbelievably opportunistic time for great growth personally as well as within your organization and for your own people if you approach it the right way there um i i completely agree with you know what you just said and um those those two quotes are like so powerful yeah. especially you know by themselves and even more so when you apply them together. And it's quite crazy how those two quotes come together and kind of relate to the mm-hmm. situation. Because um, like you said, it's that space in between that, that we're in now where it's a massive opportunity and an area where we can grow. And... Um, we've got like, you know, kind of so much within ourselves as people. And, you know, now is the time to, you know, to, to act on that and to find, you know, I think what it is that's within us, you know, and to try and spark, you know, our passion or creativity, whatever it may be. Absolutely. Well well said, Adam. That's a great uh, summarization, I think, of, of, the, the, the um, idea, the belief, and the mm. feeling behind those two concepts. Yep. Um, I, 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 mm. 
and that's you know really does make you think. It really does kind of you know change your perspective and flip flip the switch on. Yeah, things. and that's really you know when it, when people who work with me, um, you know, I tell them, I said, look, I'm I'm not gonna rarely if ever. I mean, there may be one or two times, but rarely if ever am I gonna tell you what to do. <laughs> um, what I'll what I'll try, but what I what what I will do for you is I will uh, ask questions. I will uh, levy challenges and I will hopefully try to reframe some things so that your mental framework is slightly readjusted that then allows, cause you know, the, I mean, the people look, human beings are incredibly talented just by the fact that we're human beings. You know, and so for me to somehow come in and suggest that I'm the guy now who knows everything about you, your world and all of the little intricacies of the organization that you're trying to lead, et cetera, would be um, uh, naive at best and uh, completely pompous at worst. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I do is by 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 doing those things that I just you know explained to you, I'm really just kind of shining a light around, if you will for these incredibly talented people to see what already exists within them. That, that's really what I'm doing mm. at the end of the day. Um, and they are mm. incredibly talented people. And I'm always amazed by how they apply what it is I give them um, in ways that I would have never imagined had I had I and, and, and would have never come to fruition, probably had I been a guy who just says, OK, look, here's your problem. Here's what you need to do. Boom but that's not how I work. Um, I have, mm -hmm. I have the faith in the people who I work with to, to uh, come up with their own best solutions. And they, they, they always do. And I'm always amazed and I'm always learning. And it's, it's an incredible experience. Mm. Well, I just want to say, you know, you do a, You do an amazing, you know, such an amazing uh, job at what you do. And um, it's, it's really nice to, you know, listen to, your experiences and your experience and what you're doing at the minute. And, uh, you know, I, I think it, like you said, a lot of people have got, you know, things with inside them, but they sometimes just need someone to shine, help them shine that light on um, certain things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause it's, yeah, go. cause it's almost like we, we, as people, we, um, we know ourselves, but almost don't know ourselves until some, you know, sometimes someone reframes things mm -hmm. in a certain way. Yep. Absolutely. Like, why, why do you think people, you know, get, how do you think people get lost? Not lost, but do you know what I mean? Like, but, um, it's almost mm -hmm. like a cloud, isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh man, you know, I think, uh, that is a uh, first. That's a great question. You know, just the, you know, and, and often the simplest yeah. questions are the the best questions. Um, you know, how do people get lost? Mm. Um, a multitude of ways, Adam. Um, that unfortunately we don't have enough time on this show <laughs> to to uh, yeah. fully unpack. But <laughs> one of the things I would offer is um, again, it, it went back to that earlier comment of be comfortable being uncomfortable because because ultimately to mm. grow right you, you you lose your way when you stop growing at the end of the day that's I, mm. you know it, it, i mean it's one of the fundamental things 
Again, there, there are a multitude of things. And in order to grow, you need to have some discomfort. And I talked about that a little bit earlier, too. Lots of times, comfort actually mm. disables us instead of enabling us. Right? Yeah. And so embrace a little bit of the discomfort. Be willing to explore. Be willing to be uh, humble enough that you don't know everything. Curious enough that you're willing to learn uh, know as possibly can and have enough, mm. um, you know, one of the hashtags I use is hashtag uh, guts to grow and, and, and have enough guts to grow because it does take guts to grow. Um, and so I think those three things, uh, but again, like I said, unbelievably powerful question. You could probably write it. You could write an entire mm. book. And that could just be the title. Your your question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> you but um, you made some really good points there, and um, like you said, like being you know having that discomfort, you know, it does force you to grow and uh, push you out your comfort zone and. It almost like as well increases your self esteem. I think you know when you see yourself getting better at yeah. something or growing, and um, you know, like whether that's you know physical activity or um, you know an education or you know whatever it may be, and um, it's. I think like society. I think you know we we've got instant gratification, haven't we? A lot of the time, and we can sit back and take off you know click a switch and things are mm-hmm. there instantly so there's so there's not um a need for discomfort with some things you know if you can flick a switch you know like click a link and your power parcel has the next day you don't have to go out your comfort zone as much do you to uh get in your car go out socially interact and you know, I think that's that's an important thing, isn't it, as well? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, I was talking to an executive just the other day, and um, you know, I could I could tell they were just you know in a moment where their 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 confidence was a little bit off. Um, and again, you know, perfectly human response, right? I mean, who 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 hasn't been in moments in their lives where their confidence is shook? Um, and I, and that's what I offered to this individual. I said, hey, look, you are experiencing a whole host of feelings as a leader right now um, that are, one, perfectly normal. So let's just acknowledge that, right? Two, it means that you actually are a leader and you do care. Otherwise, you wouldn't be feeling these things. I said, but here's the most important thing. You're yeah. feeling these things because you are, you know, you are experiencing exceedingly difficult times. I said, but... Here's the, here's the confidence that you need to have in crisis because you wouldn't be here today if you hadn't already overcome whatever the previous worst day or period of your life was. And so I want you to think about that for mm-hmm. a second. Just take a minute and think to yourself, what was the, before this, what was the previous worst day of my life, right? And in this case, it was this individual was very open with me and vulnerable and talked about um, a uh, loved one being diagnosed with cancer uh, that was likely to be terminal. 
And I said, okay. Hmm. And I said, but you're here today, right? You know, and they're like, well, yeah, I am. And I'm like, and you, and you, you got through that crisis, that period, didn't you? Well, yeah, I did. I said, so why would you think that this one's going to be any different? You've already, you know, and then all of a sudden, like the lights started to come on and they're like, well, yeah, I guess you're, I guess you're right. Now, thankfully also the good news ending to this, um, the uh, individual's um, cancer is in remission too. So that's a, that's also a, a great news story, but um, you know, just again, reframing it a little bit for them. And, and, and I think it, you know, or at least they articulated to me that, 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 you know, it's given them the confidence and a little more renewed energy to, to dive back in and lead the yeah. organization. Wow. Just, you know, like an exercise like that as well, you know, from, from what you did with that person, um, you know, extremely powerful. Um, and like you said, like we, we kind of almost can forget previous things that we've been through that have, have been difficult or hard. And, um, like you said, the, the, this person had, you know, went through this situation, um, and you, you kind of made them think, you know, is it, is this situation at the minute, you know, more difficult than the previous one and if you can come through that you can come through come through this and I think that's that's something I I, I can do sometimes I, I can forget about certain things in the past but you know I've come through but until you actually reflect or someone you know points it out to you you're like oh yeah and it, re- it really does make you think doesn't it like if my, if my current situation like I think it's, that can be applied to a lot of things, can't it? Like, you know, like working out or um, difficulties in, in what you're doing. Like, if you can go through what you've been through in the past, that was much more strenuous and you can push through yeah, this. That, right. That, that's basically, you know, that's, that's, that's it in the, in the nutshell, really. Um, you know, again, just gaining some perspective. In the military, we call it uh, gaining altitude. Right. So when you're when you're faced with when you're faced with a problem, <laughs> lots of times you can, um, you know, you get drawn into it and you get drawn into it. And you get drawn into it. Um, and sometimes the, the just the mental mm. phrase, the mantra that we'll use when you feel yourself going in that direction is gain altitude. And, and all that really means is just kind of you know pull up. Right. And, and get out of the situation for a moment and literally you know, look at it from that bird's eye view of, of altitude. And it, it helps you just kind of see things in a better perspective. And then once you see that from the, the broader perspective, then go ahead and dive back down in it and, and, and continue to lead in, in a manner that's appropriate. Hmm. No, that's, um, it's a really powerful wave, you know, really powerful point and really powerful wave getting perspective you know like you said taking yourself out of the situation and uh looking at it from a bird's eye view mm-hmm. as like an observer we 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 did a few exercises when i did my uh coaching when i uh, got my uh, so I, I when i was doing my coaching course in london and um we did a, an exercise i don't know if you heard of it called mm. chairing yeah. and um you have two people um facing each other and one person is the person 
So, the, so the person who's being coached has to have a problem with some person. That person they have, they have to imagine in the chair in front of them, and um, through each exercise, that person who's involved has to then step away from the chairs and physically move away from the chairs as an observer. And you can then see the situation from mm. a different angle. But I think like a lot of the time we kind of, um, you know, see ourselves in the situation and kind of become overwhelmed. But like, you know, like you said, taking yourself out of the situation is quite an effective way of uh, re-evaluating re your perspective. I think. Yeah. You know, and again, that's, you know, something that as a leader, uh, you know, is, is helpful. <laughs> clearly, you know, and everybody gets it, right? You know, they, they yeah. get like, oh, yeah, perspective, of course. Why wasn't I doing that? You know, and it's like, well, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But why you weren't doing it isn't nearly as important as you now have, you know, a mental framework in which you can now gain it, uh, you know, from this point going forward, which is in part why, you know, people find value in the services that I provide. Um, yeah. Uh, mm. So, Yeah. No, that's it. Like, who who would you um who would you say your role models are? Um, my role models. Um, like, professionally yeah. or family or someone yeah, you look so, up to um, by anybody. You know, definitely, definitely my uh, you know, my mom and dad, um, for sure. Um, you know, I was fortunate to grow up in a in a you know um relatively stable, you know, uh, household. Uh, I think every family has various dysfunctionalities um, associated with it. So by no mean was my no means that I have the perfect, so to speak, uh, unblemished life. Um, but my parents definitely instilled um, some, some values uh, that I still hold dear today. Um, you know, many that I, that I uh, mm. strayed from at various points in my life only to realize um, ever so painfully that uh, the actual importance of those values. So that would definitely be, um, you know, top of the list. Um, but at the end of the day, really, you know, mm. people I look up to many times are also just the everyday person who is getting up each and mm. every day, you know, strapping on their shoes, going out, and, and, and just doing the level best that they possibly can day in, day out, right? Hmm. Um, and, and just trying to be a giver to society in whatever way it may be. Um, you know, a friend of mine wrote a great little article and sometimes he'll get up really early in the morning and just walk the streets. And lots of times that's when all the, the people are emptying, you know, the garbage guys are coming and collecting and people are cleaning up the streets, et cetera. And he, and he just, you know, thought to, as he's talking about it in this article, he's, he's talking about the same concept that I'm conveying to you. I'm just using his story to highlight it, you know, how it's like mm, these yeah. people, you know, largely they're, they're doing it in the darkness of, of the early morning light where almost nobody notices, um, and if you just don't take time to find those people and figure out that that's happening, you never even appreciate them. Right. Um, and, and I just thought that was so mm. powerful that, that he, this is a practice that he has, you know, like, you know, about once a month at a minimum, he just 
sets his alarm clock super early and just walks around and just observes all the, the unnoticed people doing great things. And then that brings me to really this pandemic too, right? And just think how much greater appreciation we have for all the everyday people in our lives who we never really had that appreciation for, but, but we probably ought to have, right? Whether it's the person working at the local market um, whether it's, you know, uh, prov health pro providers from nurses to doctors to the, the people who uh, take out the trash at those facilities and all the biohazard waste and, you know, on and on and on. Uh, teachers, mm. um, you know, I hope I hope during the space in between the notes, <laughs> we, 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 we uh, recognize those people, we continue to recognize those people, and we don't allow that recognition to dissipate at the back end of it. And there's a whole host of others out there doing great things. Those are just some that come to mind. Mm. Gosh, that's a really powerful point as well. Yeah. Like, um, like you said, um, all those people who almost go unnoticed and, you know, day-to-day -day society because people don't see the work that they're doing and it's of service to society isn't it to everybody because if they weren't doing that then you know the place would be a mess like if, if the people weren't doing the supermarket jobs people weren't doing uh you know we call there it dustbin dustbin men <laughs> trash for trash. <laughs> um you know in taking, you know, things to recycling centers and doing doing the jobs that some people wouldn't like to but, do. But need yeah. to be done nonetheless, because like you said, it would be a figurative and literal, our, our world, our societies would be figurative and literal methods mm. were it not for these quiet professionals just going about their work and never asking for any, any you know, great accolades. Um, you know, and we should probably just give it to them a little more often than, than we had in the past. Hmm. No, I, I completely agree. And that definitely, you definitely opened up my eyes when I went to New York um, last January. And it was really cold. And I remember uh, early hours in the morning, they had like the, the, the dustbin men people when they were getting all the bags from, yeah, you know, the, the roadside and, and I was like, I was thinking to myself, gosh, like, you know, I, I couldn't do that. But like, you know, what, you know, what a positive, you know, thing that these people are doing, you know, and like you said, this, this goes for lots of different areas of work. And I think, you know, we, from this, I think, you know, we're going to, you know, have a greater appreciation for certain people that we didn't have before. And, um, you know, a lot more grateful and considerate and uh, right. hopefully empathic. Right. Yeah. So the next time you're, you know, you're laying in bed at four in the morning and, and you hear the garbage guy and you get a little frustrated, you know, because you wish you'd be a little quieter about what, what he or she's doing out there, or the dustbin pickup guy or lady, um, you know, may, maybe, maybe you actually yeah. just get up, open your window and you, and you, and you just give them, give a shout and say, Hey, thanks. Thank you your window and walk get back into mm. your warm bed and you know nap for the uh, you know another hour and a half or so before you have to get up for work 
right? Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. That's not a bad, that's not a yeah, bad world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I also saw that um, you do, uh, you're part of a, is it charity? I am, soldiers yep. to I'm very lines. fortunate to serve on the board of directors. And then I do, uh, you know, pro bono um, presentations and stuff for that organization. Yep. Phenomenal. Phenomenal organization. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's, it must be very, very, you know, rewarding and positive to, you know, to be a part of something like that and to you know, putting your time and, you know, volunteering in something positive and having yep. positive impacts. Yeah, they uh great organization that they basically takes, uh, you know, veterans from all services who, uh, you know, the only requirement is, you know, you're honorably discharged. Um, and we, we build on the um, leadership mm. skills that are already extant within these individuals from their training and time in the service. Um, who have indicated a desire to want to go out and coach athletic programs um, from from youth all the way up to professional, mm -hmm. right? You know, we, we've we've got all different aspirations, uh, and we put them through a certification, and uh, then we connect them to our network and try to at least not you know we don't guarantee any job placement, but we do guarantee connections to people who are looking for jobs. Um, and we have a very high rate of uh, success mm. when it does, though, come to, uh, you know, job placement. Because, one, people understand it, uh, tend to intuitively understand the value that some of the military folks can have. And then you couple that with the training that we give them, you know, and, and we're, we're taking all these people who um, mm. have incredible value and are now going to be having an impact in their communities on youth and college age kids um you know and again it's that ripple effect that you you are referenced earlier right um and so mm. yeah it's a great organization mm. no it's really really positive and you know i think that really does you know help people especially you know out of the military and um you know helping others yeah. through that yeah. as well and you, you, uh, you don't have to be an American uh, citizen to go through this either, just FYI. I mean, you do have to figure out how to get to our training. But uh, we did have yeah. somebody from the um, UK uh, who, um, I want to say it was a, a rugby coach uh, of, of some sort, yeah, who um, yeah. Well, actually yeah. went through one of our programs. So, uh, yeah. No, that's amazing. Would you would you say uh, would you like recommend uh, in life for people you know to volunteer in in some kind of way? My my friend does it for a um, a church and he um, he helps out washing the dishes mm -hmm. and I think he, he helps feed the homeless and you know the you know it goes on your CV plus you know you're you're providing value and you're having a positive impact in some way, aren't you? you know, just by yeah, giving up I, I would absolutely time. recommend it. Um, it's, so now, now consider if I, if I could be so bold, Adam, as to tell you, you now have two friends uh, who do that because I also yeah. um, volunteer doing almost exactly what you described your, your other friend uh, doing at a uh, facility that's a religious-based facility, uh, Catholic Charities that, that runs um, – meals, et cetera. And so 
Uh, I've got to be completely honest, listeners. Too, I do it um, in a in what I recognize within myself is a selfishly selfless way because of hmm. fundamentally two things. Uh, one, it, it just makes me feel good to do it, right? And two, I am hmm. reminded of just how fortunate and blessed that I am. And for those two reasons, hmm. not alone, but for those two reasons, um, it, that's why I volunteer. Um, and so there is a selfish component to it as well. Uh, that's why I say I, I do it selfishly, uh, selfishly, from a selfishly selfish standpoint. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's hugely beneficial, uh, you know, well being. And I and I can't mm-hmm. think, you know, to your listeners, just it could be anything, right? It, again, it goes back to that or dustbin person, right? She'll do something quietly mm. without expecting yeah. necessarily anything in return um, and, and contribute in a good way. You know, I think lots of times yeah. this hero worship and this hero culture and, you know, you look at Bill and Melinda Gates of the world, give millions and millions, right? And well, I think of how many, how many of us, you know, I wish I had that. I'd love to give, you know, and have that kind of, all right, well, you could still have, just have the impact that you can where you are in the space that you're in. Start there. And and then maybe one day you you get to the, you know, billionaire status. And if you don't, you've still made that impact and it's just as impactful. It's just maybe not on the same scale, but the impact is, is, is the same. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's completely, you know, true. And it, it shines through, doesn't it? People see that uh, humility and that genuineness of someone who's doing such things like that. Um, I mean, I, I've, I've seen a few cases on the news um, where people are litter picking. So, you know, they're going and picking up litter. Um, and there was one who's actually, there's a guy who's from where I'm from uh, in Nottingham, the... Mm-hmm. East Midlands of, of the UK and you, you, how you've got road signs on the road, like direction signs. Um, over time, these get dirty and covered in dirt and dust and mud. This guy was taking his own time and he was going around with like cleaning products and he was, he was cleaning all of these signs so they were more visible to drivers. Right. You know, he, he didn't have to do that, but you know, for him, he's helping other people and, you know, that makes him no, feel better in some way, like you said. And, um, doesn't, doesn't cost anything, but, um, are you okay I'm, for time? I'm at your, uh, you know, at your, at your call. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've got, uh, yeah. another half hour before I have my next event. So I'm happy to keep chatting or, you know, this is your show, man. So you, you, you're just allowing me to be a part of it. You, you make the call. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you, John. I was just, just checking in with you. Yeah. Just making sure. Like, um, um, 
Like, would you uh, like what if you hadn't have joined the military? Is there is there anything else that you ever wanted to do? Like, yeah, um, it was uh, before it was, that. So, if you would have told me, I would have you know spent one day beyond what my uh, requirement was. Uh, I would have told you you were crazy. So, as a, as a young high school guy uh, growing up in the in the uh, you know mid eighties. Uh, so, you know, I'm starting to date myself here. Um, you know, I, I wanted, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I wanted yeah. to be, you know, Gordon Gecko. I wanted to be the, the king of Wall Street. I was going to go to West Point, do my, do my commitment, get out, hit Wall Street and make millions of money, tons of money. It was all about the money. Um, and here mm. I find myself uh, mm. 30 some odd years later uh, after a full military career. And uh, what what really I found was, and, and I didn't, I wasn't really completely conscious of this initially, uh, but the military filled the void that was created when I was finished as a Division One athlete. All those things of like teamwork, mm. um, a purpose bigger than one's own self. Um, you know, working through and persevering through difficult times, you know, with a group, um, experiencing the, the joys collectively of, of success. Uh, and, and it just that that's what fueled me and um, working with people and, and, you know, seeing them become the best version of themselves. And then, in, you know, symbiotically, me also, you know, moving closer to the best version of myself, um, which is a continual process. All those things. Um, and, and that's why I'm certain that's why I'm doing what I do now, because it's this is filling the void that the, was created by no longer being in the military, which was created mm. by no longer being, you know, an athlete. Um, so, you know, I, I just keep going down that road. Mm. That's an amazing journey. Like, and, uh, like you said, that that you wanted to, you know, go into like yeah, uh, Wall Street. Stop, no, I just, stop uh, yeah, make a lot of money. That's that, what I wanted to do. Well, yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, from not going down that route, you know, you've gone to the military and you've grown and you know, gone through lots of different experiences that you know led led you to where you are now. Um, in in terms of like money, like. I've heard a lot of people say that you know, money doesn't buy happiness, and um, I think like, I, I saw like um, Wall Street when I went to New York. We yeah. we had a walk around there and saw Wall Street, and um, like I just kind of thought to myself, like it almost doesn't feel like real life. And I think probably, I mean, each to their own. But I like I thought you know you could probably only do that for a set amount of time. Because it's a constant. Um, well, yeah, I guess. Grind, isn't um, it? You know, so I, I would. So here's kind of I think how I would I think about it at least. Um, I, I actually believe money money can buy happiness. <laughs> um, but but what money cannot buy is yeah. fulfillment. Yeah. And, and therein lies the distinction. Um, yeah. You know, because I, I know I have spent a lot of my money to do things that have made me exceedingly happy. Um, 
and, uh, and, and, and the way I think about mm. spending my money now also is, can I combine happiness and fulfillment, right? So lots of times people will get them all this money to buy mm. things, material things. And if you were to ask me, hey, John, how do you spend your yeah. discretionary money, right? It's, it's almost always about experience, so that what what what's experience look mm. like for me? Well, for me, that could be going to a Michelin star restaurant as an example, because that is an experience. And oh, by the way, it's an experience that makes me very happy too. But it fulfills me because it's an experience. Um, and mm. and I think therein lies the difference. Mm. And so, if you're just working for money's sake so that you could buy things. Um, that may or may not provide you some modicum of happiness and you're not thinking about the fulfillment part, then it absolutely, whatever it is you're doing does become a grind and it, it, it is unsustainable. And quite frankly, I would even offer it becomes unhealthy. Um, but Hey, if you're a guy out of wall street or a young lady yeah. in wall street and, you know, and, and, and what you're doing also fulfills you, well then, then it's, it's really not as much of a grind. Right. It only becomes a grind, I think, when it's not fulfilling you. So those are that's just kind of a my my take on that. I'm not necessarily disagreeing with what you said at all. Um I, it's just a slight coming at a slightly different angle, but I think to the same no, no. end. Yeah. No, I, I I agree with what you said. And um yeah, like uh money like you said, it's that experience and that fulfillment, isn't it? From what you get, like if you're right. just chasing numbers, you're just chasing numbers. But um, those experiences are, I think, you know, like those experiences compared to the things are more impactful. I mean, but everyone's different, aren't they? Everyone has sure. their own thing that they like. So, um, but. I mean, the, I think with the fifth situation now, though, um, I, I spoke to a friend who's uh, in hospitality, and he's, you know, he said he told me he's made all this money from doing this job he doesn't like, and he said he can't really spend all this money that he's he's accumulated, um, you know, and and the things that he's got around him, he's kind of realised, you know, mm -hmm. it's not, you know, buying him happiness. You know, which which mm -hmm. he once thought was buying him happiness before all this, but it, but money like the the topic around money is quite a complex topic, isn't it? Because there's so many different angles to it, and each person uses money in a different yeah. way, and it's quite quite a deep uh, I mean, topic. A, you know, whole psychology behind it. Um... For sure, for certain, um, and by no means, you know. Hey, look, if if if, mm. if you know if if buying the you know uh, Lamborghini, um, you know, also fulfills you, then great. I'm not judging. Um, I just I just want to make sure though that it's really not only happiness, but there's some fulfillment to it as well. Um, mm. I think mm. I think when you think through it that way, uh, yeah, you're less no. likely to end up like your friend who you were just talking about. Um, you know, 
And then, you know, as we, as we grow and mature, you know, those, the things that fulfill us on, you know, may change as well. And, and so there's a shedding of certain things too. And, and that can mm. just be a growth period that your friend is experiencing right now. In fact, I, I, it is a growth period if he, if he, if he chooses to take it that way. And I would imagine he would, if he's a friend of yours, um, and, and maybe that maybe that's what what he's experiencing right now, and this period was the catalyst for it, and and so there's going to be some shedding of some things that no longer provide him fulfillment. Mm. That's that's healthy. That's awesome. Mm. Yeah, it's quite it's quite a powerful time, isn't it? You know, for people to change and and grow and realize things. It's almost uh, mm-hmm. you know a benefit to some people in some way. Um, like, do you, do you oh, yeah. read books at all? Like, yeah, what you, you reader, books um, my, one of my favorite books, and one that is would be exceedingly useful to any of your listeners uh, is uh, Victor Frankel's "A Man's uh, Man's Search for Meaning." Victor with a K V I K T O R Frankel, mm-hmm. uh, "Man's Search for Meaning," uh, phenomenal, phenomenal yeah. book um, about just. You know, unbelievable grit, resilience, perseverance, um, the reinforcement of the sense of, of one's own agency uh, over their own life and how they choose to view it. Um, just really a phenomenal book. Hmm. I... I um I've seen that book actually. My 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 mom's got it. Yeah. I, either uh, I don't know I don't know how to, close to your, your your mom is, uh, but you know if you're able to get over there and, and maintain your six feet of distance or, or whatever, have her have her throw it out the window at you. Uh, definitely yeah. do that. <laughs> if not, have her throw it in the mail. Um, yeah, or just you know do the Amazon thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think. Read, readings, you know, something that I've got more into recently. Um, you know, I read when I was around 17, 18, but I think mm-hmm. you learn so much from books and reading. And um, there's like almost like an unlimited supply of books. And uh, it, it's good to have, you know, role models, isn't it? And to, to learn yeah, from uh, people that were once here. Absolutely. Um, you know, when I'm when I'm working with uh, again, you know, executives or coaches or, or whomever, uh, you know, one of the first things we explore is okay. Tell me what you're doing to to multiply your experiences. Uh, because what I've found is the, the mm. high performing people that I'm around. One of the things, there's a number of things they have in common, but one of the things is they actively seek to multiply their own experiences. And so how does one go about doing that? Well, there's a number of ways, right? Mm. You could read, which is a great way to do it, which is why I read uh, largely so that I can multiply my own experiences. um, And I don't have to wait for something to happen to me to then you know, experience it on some level. Right. Um, and, and when you do that, you, you, you know, you just open up your mental aperture to all sorts of different possibilities, ways of looking at things, reframing, et cetera. Um, another way to do it is, you know, through somebody like me, right? So you, you hire somebody like me and I become that accelerant for you multiplying your own experiences. Um, 
you know, but we do it, through, you know, watching movies. I mean, there's all sorts of ways that you can, you can actually uh, do that. And, and the, the, you know, the, the people who are at the, who, who most fulfill their God-given potential are the people who seek to mm. multiply their own experiences for sure. So keep reading, Adam. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I will. Uh, the problem is I, I end up buying um, books, even though I haven't finished the book that I'm reading. So I'll, I'll be reading a book and I'll go on Amazon. Oh, that, that, that book looks, looks good. Yeah. I'll order that. Yeah. And then I'll be like, oh, I'll order that. And that now I've got like a bag, a big bag full of books, about probably 30 or something books that I I need to read. Um, I actually ordered a, a small manual. Um, Epictetus, Epictetus, yeah. Epictetus? Yeah, one of the philosophers. Epic, is it Epictetus? Epictetus. I, I got a little book actually it's about 80 pages so i'm gonna get into that and um i think one of my favorite oh, books okay. is thinking Grow Rich. i was just gonna ask you what, what's one of yours so i appreciate you sharing that think and grow think and grow rich okay yeah yeah napoleon hill um it's, it's quite similar to um mm. similar or well, it came out during the 30s i think it was a come it was him and another person and he was basically you know in business and it talks about like uh how thoughts how our thoughts become things and and there's um the, the Signs of Getting uh-huh. Rich, and that's by Wallace D. Wattles. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there's so many books out there, and like you said, because yeah. I heard that quote, is it readers or leaders? Yeah. Uh, uh, absolutely. <laughs> would, would, you, would you say, does it, like, increase your... Um, and it has lots of benefits. It like it, like your the way you process information is, is bound to be much more efficient and effective. You know right? the the um, ability to connect uh, different ideas, um, you know, is enhanced um, again because you've you've you're, you're you're drawing on this experience of all these other people you know, who've, who've gone before us. Right. And so, um, you know, why, why wouldn't we, um, and then, in, in, you know, we, in the military, you know, so I learned this really as a young officer yeah. in the military because, you know, and even later, you know, as I was getting ready to go to Afghanistan, um, well, I just started finding everything I could about, you know, all the, all the different military people and places and, you know, from whether it was from the, you know, at the time the Soviets, you know, that were in Afghanistan to, um, you know, Brit- the, uh, you know, uh, the United Kingdom, mm. you know, when, when the sun never set on the, on the kingdom, um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I thought to myself, well, why wouldn't mm. I read these works um, again, going back to more of this, because it increases mm. my capacity 
for the unknown, right? Um, and, and, and if people had experienced some of these things, mm. why wouldn't I um, experience it as well through them? So that when I see certain things happening now, when I was, I mean, mm. when, while I was in Afghanistan, you know, actually seeing certain things happening and being to draw on some of these other abstract parallel ideas that allowed me to uh, mm. more efficiently process information and make decisions. I mean, you know, it's just huge, huge, you know, and so whatever aspect of your life, you're a teacher, you're, yeah. you know, a financier, uh, you know, whatever, um, you know, a medical doctor, you know, and you don't have to just read about things in your field. And in fact, I would offer don't only read about things in your field, read about other things that you can draw experience from. You know, what, what, yeah, mm. one of the things I do um, is bring people no, to uh, really... different um, battlefields, not to speak of too much about the military aspect of it, but there's a begin because there's so many parallels. So um, I'll bring, mm. um, you know, I just recently brought a board of uh, directors, well, not just recently, it was this last fall, um, actually out to Normandy, France. And, you know, spent three days mm. with them there and, you know, just oh, wow. having them there away from the day to day, you know, um, absurdities of, of their job. Right. So they were they were doing a couple of things. They were they were taking this three day period to gain a little altitude, you know, concept we talked about earlier. Right. Kind of come out of the day to day fight, mm. draw on parallels yeah. from the strategic all the way down to the operational day to day level of this other incredible human endeavor and then think through ways that they can apply that to their own current challenges and future challenges that they might face. I mean, you want to talk about powerful, man. And again, I, I, I'm, I'm not the one coming up with the ideas. I'm facilitating this, but I'm listening to this incredibly talented group of people having these unbelievably rich conversations where where all these all of a sudden these these connections are being made, then I'm just like, I'm, I'm not sitting back and I'm just blown away, you know. Um, you know, I do it here in Gettysburg in the U.S. as well. Uh, mm -hmm. I've done mm -hmm. it with different you know organizations. Uh, always very powerful. Always very powerful. Yeah, that's, that's a really sounds like an amazing way of. For people, to, you know, like you said, take taking, I don't know, say, people from their business where they're used to being to a a place where, you know, tragic events have, have happened and, uh, you know, wars. Um, and like you said, human endeavors where people have, you know, fought against the enemy and uh, met objectives. And it, like you said, going to those places must really create you know a new perspective and for people to really connect connect the dots and i i've experienced it when i i've, I've been to certain uh places i my i uh, my dad mm. used to work and live in jersey the channel islands um and you could yeah. see the beaches of normandy from there it wasn't close but yep. you could see it in the distance because it was in you know, an island off from normandy and uh, i remember standing there and looking up and um I, I, I like the film uh, Saving Private Ryan, and um, I just 
like you said, I wasn't close up to Norm- the beaches of Normandy, but it just it just really just made me stop and think. And um, it's quite it must be a, you know a powerful way of getting people to you know connect and reframe the way they you know how they're thinking because it, it does make you think, doesn't it, when you go to places you know landmarks of history and you think back to what those people went through, how they would have. Um, managed their emotions and had to uh, try and reach a goal because you know the soldiers' mm-hmm. goal was you know to, to storm the beach, wasn't it? So it, it makes you think you know the challenges yeah. that they were forgetting. Anytime I do these, they are always really they're they're my most impact and that maybe they're probably my most impactful. Over, over a short period of time, mm. you know, a three-day period. I, I don't want to necessarily say, so, you know, I, you know I've got some executives mm. that I work with for six to eight months to a year periods that, yeah. are, that are just as impactful um, in a different way because, um, you know, some of the outcomes and objectives that we're seeking are, just, are different. You know, but, mm. you, you know, if you're talking about, a, you know, you want to spend a three-day period, um, you know, at Normandy, um as a, you know, an executive team or executive group, or, you know, you bring some of your high performers, et cetera. Uh, I mean, I can't think of a more impactful three days. And, and that's the feedback that I continue, I constantly get to. So these aren't my own words. These are, you know, from mm. the people who have experienced it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's a little bit of history and oh, it's a little amazing. bit of culture thrown in there too, you know, which is always nice. Um, you know, so it's not just all, you know, mm-hmm. driving towards this thing. It's, it's this organic, uh, you know, completely, you know, organic event where, where all these different conversations are happening, whether it's, you know, over breaking bread together, uh, you know, sharing a glass of, uh, you know, um, you know, the uh, Calvados, which is the apple brandy that that region is so famously known for, um, if that's your thing, you know, Um you know, and it's all just different ways mm. for people to really make these deep connections, too, yeah. which is which is the other thing that, that you know, everybody comes out um, and talks about usually as well on the uh, kind of the outtake um, information that I get about how they feel just, uh, you know, a deeper connection with their colleagues in a way that they had never, you know, experienced before. Um, you know, and these are folks who have done these other, you know, other things. And, and I'm not making mm. a judgment statement about these things, you know, where you go and it's like a one day thing and okay, you know, now fall back and, you know, somebody's going to catch you type of stuff. And, and, you know, those are good. I'm not, again, I'm not, um, mm. you know, making a judgment statement uh, um, about mm-hmm. them. Um, but th- these are pretty impactful in, in a, mm. just a slightly more, uh, or not slightly more in a more organic way. Mm. Mm. Yeah. No, that's exactly it. And, so it's an amazing, you know, field of work that you're in and, you know, everything that you're doing to help people be the best version of themselves, to help businesses grow and develop and be the best that they can be is, you know, really, really great thing that you're doing. And um, it's, it's a pleasure talk, you know, talking to you about all of these experiences and, you know, the work that you've done you know, the, uh, what you, you, what you achieved in the military and helped others achieve. Um, it's really impactful and, you know, it's really, 
in, inspiring to you know talk to you about it and uh well i appreciate that and it's, uh, you know, it's, Dan, yeah, really thank you for you know creating the venue for uh, me to be able to um share it not only with you but with uh, your listeners and you know again not just me you know i mean if mm. you know so if you're dialing in for the first time mm. listening to this podcast um you know just go back and look at some of the other other guests who have shared um, just as, as deeply impactful and meaningful messages because um, it really is a pretty neat um, neat thing you've got going and and I appreciate you for doing it as well the world needs it brother yeah <laughs> no um, you're very 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 welcome John and um, really means a lot and um, I'm very grateful to to have you on thank you it's really great what you're doing but um, have 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 a great have a great day, Please. and um, I'll, I'll stay in touch. And Please do, and likewise, and stay safe and healthy. But um, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. I would, and you too. I'll Absolutely, have to, I'll have to come to one of your courses sometime. Take care. Bye. Hi, I'd just like to say a massive thank you for listening to the podcast. You can also check out the podcast on YouTube at The Power City Podcast. You can also check out my Instagram at PowerCity94, where I put lots of podcast clips and snippets and a lot more content as well. I really appreciate you supporting me in my podcast and supporting me in my content. It really, really means a lot. Any feedback, any questions, any queries you can email me at thepolicypodcast.gmail.com and I look forward to hearing from you and connecting. Take care.